When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GUPOD at manscaped.com. Look, guys, we've all been there. We've tried to do something nice for ourselves or perhaps the special person in our lives by going down south and trying to make things look a little bit nice. And we've also seen what could go horribly wrong. I know I have. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, love the name of that, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. So let's break this down a little bit further. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the trimmer that is the future of grooming, and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever? Maybe. I'm blown away by the performance and craftsmanship of this trimmer. It actually features a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight, so you can see what you're doing down there. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides the same proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those most delicate nose holes. Wrapping everything up is Manscaped's Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and Crop Reviver Below the Waist Toner, which is really going to change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. They've even thrown in two free gifts, which include the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. It's everything you could possibly need. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GUPOD at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code GUPOD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. It's been a while since you've heard my voice, I know that. My name's Adam, I am the host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. You can find me all over social media at Golf Unfiltered, and you can also send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. It's been a few weeks since I had the microphone in front of me, and I needed a much-needed break. Uh, Many thanks to my partner in crime, I guess you could say, Nikki Dunnigan, who uh, was your host for the miniseries Memoirs from Magnolia Lane, an idea that she uh, came to me with not too long ago. She said, I really want to do this. I said, absolutely, go for it. Here's the microphone. Here's the passwords and everything to the account to go and and do what your thing. And she did a fantastic job with it. I learned a whole bunch listening to all the episodes that Nikki did. It was great for her to... Uh, to get in touch with the guests that she brought on that miniseries. Uh, Augusta National, the Masters, as we all know, being fans of this game, has so much tradition. It means so much to so many different people, myself included. 
Uh, perhaps not as much as it means to Nikki, though. I mean, I will tell you, as I've gotten to know her a little bit better, she is just a maniac in a good way when it comes to everything the Masters and Augusta National, and as I've said many times on social, and as I'm sure you heard through the miniseries, if you listen to it, she was pretty much raised on the grounds of Augusta National, attending many of the tournaments with her grandfather, uh, as well as other family members. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to the miniseries, just go back a few episodes. It's all on this same podcast feed. Once again, it's Memoirs from Magnolia Lane. And it's just a great, at the time, a great uh, primer for the 2022 Masters, which at the time of this recording actually tees off tomorrow. I'm recording this on the Wednesday before, just finished watching the Par 3 Challenge uh, at the uh, at the Masters the Wednesday before, as is tradition. It's the first Par 3 contest that took place uh, in the last two years, obviously, due to COVID. And I'm excited for this tournament for so many different reasons. Obviously, let's just get this out of the way. The big news, we kind of saw it coming all along. Uh, Tiger is going to try to play. He had his press conference on Tuesday. Everybody in the world watched it. That's a fan of golf. Many, probably not even uh, fans of golf, watched it. And uh, the one uh, sticking point that comes out of that entire press conference was when he was asked, do you believe that you can win the Masters? And without missing a beat, him saying, I do. uh, That just kind of sent chills up everyone's spine, I would say. Um, when hearing that, and and that's what we come to expect from this guy, right? No idea how the tournament's going to play out. No idea how he's going to finish. If he's going to make the cut, who cares? As of right now, it doesn't even matter. Just the fact that we get to see him play at Augusta, assuming that everything goes to plan. (laughs) Again, I'm taking a risk here doing this on a Wednesday. Uh, just the fact that we get to see him play is incredible. Obviously just over a a year or so since he had his horrible car accident. Obviously, a lot of opinions were shared regarding that accident. We still don't know all the facts, but when you strip all of that down, when you just look at it from the perspective of we don't know how many times we're going to be able to see this guy compete at a level where he could actually win a tournament. This is a gift in many ways. Just to talk about it, just to even anticipate waking up tomorrow to see him tee off at Augusta National, his favorite tournament. It's it's kind of mind-boggling. And, you know, on today's episode, that's going to be the primer for a deeper conversation. I've been having more episodes like this, I, I realize, but I've been thinking a lot about what the game means, what about, you know, just life in general, and... Some of the things that we hold near and dear to our hearts that we kind of look for those things when we follow golf or when we follow a sport of any kind or even the books that we read or the the people that we meet. We want to find that level of comfort and enjoyment and entertainment in many ways. And sometimes we're so privileged that we get to see a once in a generation or perhaps even once in a lifetime talent like Tiger Woods come through and that kind of escalates things for us. It enhances the enjoyment a little bit. And it's unfortunate because perhaps we don't really get to recognize that in the moment, which is human nature. You don't know that you're seeing the best you're going to see in that moment, of course. But it's not until years later 
that when you look back at things that you've experienced or witnessed, only then do you realize, wow, I wish I could relive that again. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and as well as a few other things. You know we like to go in a lot of different directions. But um, before we do, just want to pause just for a quick few words about our sponsors. The Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. I am so excited to partner with them once again in 2022 because they've got a lot of great stuff going on, including an entirely redesigned and renovated driving range and practice area. It's got Top Tracer. It's got, what, like 42 heated bays, individually heated, by the way. And it's even got a food truck and much, much more, such as two bars. Yeah, that's right. Go out to coghillgolf.com today to learn a little bit more. And, of course, you already know about all their great golf courses, coghillgolf.com. We're also pleased to continue to work with our friends at worldwidegolfshops.com. You've heard me talk about them many times before. They've got everything you need for golf. They've got apparel, accessories, training aids, all the new equipment. They've got deals like every single day. And going out to worldwidegolfshops.com might just help you improve your game this golf season. Worldwidegolfshops.com. All right, we are back. And again, today's topic is to talk just a little bit about what golf means, as uh, either to you as a fan or someone who just plays the game, uh, enjoys it for exercise, enjoys it because you just love the game of golf. Uh, but more so than that, just things that you experience in your life and how you connect to it. And are you fully appreciative of it in that moment? And I know that sounds a little heavy handed, but admittedly, I've been thinking a lot about this, and as I get ready for another golf season, you know, it's it's April, the Masters are here once again. That's typically, at least in the Chicago area, that's when most golf courses begin to fully open, the weather gets better. It's a time to really be thankful, as corny as that may sound, trust me, I know, that you can actually go out and do these things, and that you can enjoy the game, that you can go and and uh, relive some of your best memories, perhaps, which may have occurred on a golf course. And for me, that's that's many memories. You know, just earlier today, I was uh, I was thinking a little bit about the golf course that I essentially grew up on. I worked at a private country club. You've all heard me talk about this before. It's called Joliet Country Club, or was called Joliet Country Club, because in the last few years, uh, actually over the last 10 years, I would say, it's gone through a lot of changes. And then ultimately over the last couple of years, it's closed. It is now, if you were to go to the south side of Joliet over by New Lenox, those of you who live in the area, you know exactly where I'm talking about. Just off of Spencer Road, you will uh, see a fenced in, overgrown plot of land with a very nice clubhouse that was built when I worked there. I actually... When I started at Joliet Country Club, I worked at what was the uh, original clubhouse, no longer there, um, and I watched the new clubhouse, which is this huge stone structure, very modern for the time, very classical. You could actually look it up on Google now and just Google Joliet Country Club clubhouse, I'd imagine, and I watched them build it, and I remember thinking wow, this is going to be the premier golf course uh, in the Chicago area. I remember thinking that. And there was so much hype around it. There was so much excitement 
the membership was elated to be part of this. And yeah, I'm sure that there was a lot of drama behind the scenes that I don't even know about even till today. But the finished product was great. And I got to work there. And it was even interesting too because the location where this clubhouse was built uh, was on the part of the course that at the time was the 18th tee box. Joliet Country Club, back in the day, used to end on a par 3. I want to say it was about, I'm going off of memory here, I want to say it was probably 180 yards if it was stretched to its to the tips, you know. And they had to not only completely destroy that hole in order to make way for a, a, um, a driveway and uh, essentially the location of where the club, the new clubhouse would build, be built, but they also had to reformat and reroute the golf course. So not to bore you with a piece of land that none of you will probably see ever in your life, but they had to build two golf holes. It extended back more toward, you know, there was this big uh, cornfield out there and they had to kind of like dig into it. And so long story short, they had to create something new out of something that had been there for many, many years. And to be able to witness all of that, to be able to see them laying the sod down for the new par four 13th that had to have this nasty dog leg to the right in order for them to even have 18 holes and then for them to to renovate the previous 13th green into the new 14th green that became a longer par uh, three Uh, it was it was something to to behold you know it was something that someone who had never seen that part of golf before the business side the creation side of it it really sparked my interest and I thinking back earlier today I, I, I wonder if part of that experience led to what I do now and the experiences that I've had up to this point just knowing or or wanting to know what went on behind the curtain but beyond that the golf course itself was I guess like my playground you know anyone who's ever worked at a golf course has done this you've worked your shift I worked in the bag room. I worked as a caddy when I first started, but I worked in the bag room. Um, By the way, I've written an entire book about this. You've heard me talk about this many times. It's called The Bag Room. You go out to golfunfiltered.com. There's a link right at the top right of the page. Buy it on Amazon. It's available paperback or, or Kindle. But you would work your shift, and then you would go out and you would play golf. And this was not an easy golf course. It was always really well manicured. It was well maintained you know, compared to other golf courses in that area. And I remember, especially around April, especially around, uh, especially around the Masters, I remember, as kids typically do, you go out and you're playing your own version of the Masters. I remember that the, um, the flag sticks, you know, they all had the same color flag. And I want to say in a few years, uh, or for a few years, uh, they actually switched them to yellow flags, obviously in celebration of Augusta National. 
And while the course layout was nothing like Augusta, of course, it was very hilly. Each of the holes I could go through my mind right now, and I could probably tell you where I would always miss tee shots or I would always hit certain hazards no matter what I tried to do with my game. And every hole had its own story. And I would imagine that many of those stories were probably built in my mind over the years and over the many rounds that I sometimes just played by myself. I hopped in a golf cart, grabbed my uh, clubs out of the trunk of my mom or dad's car, and just went and pretended. And I, and I played. It wasn't playing golf. It was just a kid playing. It, w- it was no different than when I used to play basketball at my, uh, in my driveway growing up, pretending that I played on the Bulls. I remember I, I actually created, I, I, I don't even know if these drawings still exist. They may, might be at my mom's house. But I remember creating this fake NBA team, complete with uniforms. <laughs> and I remember at the time, this is such a tangent and I apologize, but I remember at the time drafting players in my mind, people who were famous in college basketball at the time, to uh, to make up the rest of that team. And I used to do stuff like this all the time, no matter what sport I was participating in, but especially in golf. You know, a lot of these PGA Tour players, at least the ones back in the late 80s, early 90s, they don't know it, but they all lost to me many times in majors. (laughs) Uh, It was was just, those are moments when, you know, you're doing it, and, and every kid's done it. Every kid's done it. Maybe not on a golf course, but you've done it in some way. And now, realizing that that golf course that I worked at for 10 years, grew up on, got in trouble on, all those stories are in that book that I mentioned earlier, and it's not there anymore. And just by complete coincidence, I was on TikTok, and there's this account that goes around to abandoned buildings or abandoned pieces of land, and Joliet Country Club was on this account. Talk about random. And I think in that moment, when I saw the pictures, because I hadn't been back to the property, and I didn't know what it looked like. I had heard the description that I started this episode with, that it was overgrown, that the clubhouse was still there, but it didn't look anything like it used to. But it wasn't until I saw those videos on the TikTok account that I realized, wow, that part of my childhood is gone. And it's sad, I guess, to think back about that. And it's it's uh, almost a little emotional for me because I don't remember the last round that I played there. I don't remember the last putt that I made. I don't remember the last bunker that I raked or the last flagstick that I put back into the cup. And the only reason I I think of it that way, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not old. I turned 40 this year, and that's not old. I know that. 
But I have found myself forcing myself to appreciate things a little bit more as they're happening. And when it comes to golf, I find myself now, maybe over the last five years or so, when I know that it's probably the last round that I'm playing for that season, I purposely focus all of my appreciation on the last putt of that round. Because I know that I won't play again for months. And I don't know, maybe it's just how my mind works, but sometimes I wonder, will I ever hit a putt again? And so I truly force myself to appreciate that moment. I will never play golf again at Joliet Country Club, a place that I've played my most golf. And golf is a funny thing in that so many experiences are shaped by the atmosphere and the course itself and the different environments that you could play the same game at the same course in. And I don't know, and I don't mean to compare that experience to anyone that plays professional golf, let alone arguably the best person who's ever done it. But to realize that Tiger is forcing himself, because that's what's happening. He's forcing himself to play this week. You can't help but wonder if he had a similar thought. When is he ever going to be able to do it again? And this might be a bit of a stretch, but... I would do anything to play one more round of golf at that at that country club that no longer exists. If I had the money, I'd buy it. Then I would turn it into something. And so when I think about stuff like that and I and I think about the opportunity that we now have. And again, I'm doing this the day before the tournament even starts. So all of this might be a moot point if he doesn't actually play. But I think you will. It's important to appreciate those things because you don't know. You don't know. You know, admittedly, listening to the episodes that um, that Nikki did for the miniseries that she did, and in having conversations with her, uh, we, we talk every day. You know, we've got a group chat, um... You know, and her and I will just share texts uh, about the website and the podcast. I mean, she kind of tapped into, through, through the stories that she told, she kind of tapped into this feeling of, you know, not being able to go back to something that you loved so much at the moment and not being able to experience it the same way. And maybe this feeling that, God, you, you, you wish you could you could one more time, you know. And I, I don't think she would mind me saying this, but, you know, she shared a lot about her grandfather, um, her family. And, you know, as an aside, uh, you know, 
Tiger winning in 2019 was the perfect bookend for her to his win in 1997 and, of course, all the ones in between. But that was a perfect bookend because that's her. That, that was her being able to watch that happen with her, her grandfather. And so it's almost like you don't want that to happen again. You don't want Tiger to win again, or at least she doesn't. She's been very honest. She's like, you know what, I, I struggle with that. And I think she said as much even in the miniseries, especially in her, her uh, introductory episode. And when I find parallels with that, about my own time in this game, I don't want anyone else to play on that course. I don't want homes or whatever is going to be built uh, to be built on that land. Like, that that's mine, in a way. At least that's how I feel, you know? And I'm sure many others feel the same way. And there's probably many others that say, you know what, good riddance. The end of the day, the end of the story, the end of this episode, I guess, is um, take the time. Take just take the time to stop and and really look at what you're doing and appreciate the people you're with and when you're doing it. Because like I said earlier, you just don't know. Now, flipping the switch a little bit, obviously. Um, sorry, got a little dark there. But this year, you know, a lot of lot of fun stuff is happening around, you know, and, and, and as time moves on and as we all grow grow older and as the game continues to mature, golf remains in an incredible spot. Not only in terms of participation, but the innovation that's going on, the the different, you know, rule changes even. I know there's a lot of people that, that hate discussion around the distance debate or or new rules of golf or whatever. The fact is, is that change happens. That's the only inevitable thing in life is change. It's going to happen. You can fight it. Or you can embrace it. I can tell you that there's through living, living through the experiences that I have, I can tell you that there is one that is much harder than the other. And that is probably the best path to take the hard path. And so I'm excited for this year. I'm excited to play some new courses. Um, you've heard me talk about the Chicago golf tour before. Those of you in the area probably know it very well. Uh, my buddy, Chris McEwen, he, um, talked me into, uh, joining the North tour, the North side tour, uh, because there's a lot of golf courses up there that I've never played. And, uh, I think that's important. It's important to have those experiences. It's important to know more about the game and to see new people and to maybe come out of your shell a little bit. And maybe I'm talking a little to myself right now. Um, I'm one of those golfers that like to play the courses I like to play. And uh, there's just so much to experience. And so maybe in a way, as you know, the seasons change, maybe this is a chance for if you're listening to this and if, if, if this resonates with anyone listening to this, you know, try something different. Appreciate what has been done. 
but maybe you can create a new memory in a way. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to find out if I can. And I bet that I will. So thanks for listening. Um, Quick reminder, if you haven't listened to it, we have another podcast out there, Chris McEwen, who you've heard me talk about many times. He was my producer on there and my co-writer. It's called Golf Stories. A little hard to find, uh, probably not the best name in terms of uh, search uh, engines, but it's called Golf Stories. Uh, you can probably search for uh, that plus my name, Adam Fonseca. Uh, it's available on Apple, it's available on Spotify, and it's about the Secret Tour Pro. And uh, this is a name that you've heard me say many times. Uh, we just finished the the five-episode series. Um, it is completely different than anything I've ever done in my life. And I could not have done it without Chris's help, but it is very much in the, you know, documentary, true crime, interview-based, uh, serial, how many other words can I use to describe this thing? But it's based like that, you know, based on that, uh, gotten a lot of good feedback on it. So I would encourage you to go, if you can't find it, just shoot me an email. I'll send you a link, adam at golfandfilter.com. Admittedly, again, it is a little hard to find just using the search function, on either of those two locations, but I'm happy to help you out. You can also go to the website, golfandfilter.com. There is a podcasts link in the upper right. You click that, you'll find it right away. Thanks as always for your support. Thanks to our sponsors, including the new sponsors that have hopped on. And let's play some good golf this year. We'll be back soon.